All right, so I just finished watching the first episode of The Wheel of Time. I'm sitting here on my couch. I'm recording into my phone because before I go over to my computer and turn it on and get everything set up and get my microphone placement in place, whatever that means, I wanted to just give my first impressions real quick before we really get into this episode. And this was amazing. There are some big, big changes in this, just in this episode that are, they're quite different from the book. And I really want to try to do this episode about the show and not what's different from the books, but I I may not, I may not fully be able to do that because once you've lived with these books for what, 25 years, it's really hard not to make a comparison. And honestly, at first, as I'm watching this, I was I was a little thrown by some of the changes because it's they're fairly big and we'll get into those later. But by the time the Trollocs attack the village, I was completely won over this. This show, just this first episode is a bit different than the books. And yet so much like the books at the same time, it is it was an amazing feeling watching this episode because 25 years, you know, that's, it's been at least 25 years since I've read the first book or since I read the first book for the first time, since I was introduced to this world. And it has been my all time favorite fantasy series, even though again, I've mentioned this before, I've never finished it. I've still got two books to go. It's still my all time favorite fantasy series and just series of books in general. And they have been for over two decades and to finally see this in live action. And (laughs) it's nothing like what I always pictured in my head when I read the books. I'm sure there's going to be people all over the internet today and tomorrow and next week talking about how this is exactly how I pictured in my mind. And, uh, this is not at all. I mean, there's some, some parts of it that feel like, you know, how I was picturing it when I read the book, but in general, none of this is like how I pictured it in my mind. And yet it is so good. The Trollocs are, oh my gosh, they are perfect. Uh, we get to see Tam fighting with his sword, which you don't get at all for a long time in the books, as far as I can remember. And it's just, it was really, really good. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm really glad I decided to take the day off. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't guessed yet, the wheel of time season one, episode one, that's what we're talking about today on the streaming fool. Hello and welcome to The Streaming Fool, the podcast that really wants to make something of itself, but probably won't. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and we're doing something a little different this week, folks. It's Monday, November the 22nd, and this is the first of five episodes in a row this week. Today we're talking about The Wheel of Time, Season 1, Episode 1. Tomorrow we'll be talking about The Wheel of Time, Season 1, Episode 2, and Wednesday... We'll be talking about The Wheel of Time, Season 1, Episode 3. Now, as I record this, I'm going to pull the curtain back just a little bit. As I record this, it is actually Friday, November the 19th. I have taken the day off of work. All three of those those episodes, the first three episodes of The Wheel of Time have dropped today on Amazon Prime Video. I just watched the first one. 
I am now recording my thoughts on it. I will go back to the TV and watch the second one, come back over to the computer and record some thoughts, go to the TV, watch the third one, and then come back to the computer. That's what I'm going to be doing all day today, and I think it's going to be quite fun. Okay, so episode one is entitled Leave Taking, and let me just tell you what Wikipedia has to say about it before we really get deep in to the deep thoughts. I guess before we get into the meat of this episode, before we talk about how uh, anything, really, I should mention that there will be spoilers. This is an after show talk. I will be spoiling it. Please beware. Moraine is an Aes Sedai who can channel or wield an elemental force called the One Power. Years past, the One Power became corrupted to men and loose there in Telamon, the dragon, tore the world apart in his madness. Moraine and her warder, Landman Dragoran, search for the dragon reborn, Telamon's reincarnation, who they believe was born 20 years prior. While Moraine wants to find the dragon to defeat the Dark One, a force of primordial evil, other Aes Sedai wish to kill any man who channels before they go insane. Their search takes them to Emmons Field and four possible candidates. Villagers Randall Thor, Perrin Ibarra, Matt Cawthon, and Egwene Alvere, and plan to take them to the White Tower, the central structure that houses the Aes Sedai. Rand, who is besotted with Egwene, is disappointed when he learns she intends to become the village's next wisdom, the village leader and healer who cannot wed. Emmons Field is ambushed by Trollocs, bestial creatures who follow the Dark One. The attack leaves many of the village's inhabitants killed, and in the chaos, Nynaeve Almira, the current wisdom, is taken, and Perrin accidentally kills his wife, Layla. Moraine battles the Trollocs with the One Power and is injured as a result. Rand, Perrin, Matt, and Egwene decide to join Moraine and Lan on their journey to keep the Trollocs away from Emmons Field. Okay, so right away, if you've read the books and you haven't watched this episode yet, that description throws out a big change in this story, and that's the fact that Perrin is married. Now, I said I was going to try to not compare the books to the show, but again, it's going to be very difficult. And I do feel like I have to point out some of the changes because what they're doing, what I feel what they're doing here is they are giving us more of a backstory or uh, giving us more depth to these characters as soon as possible. It's something that it's, it's like you, it's something that you kind of have to do. I guess if you're doing a TV show, you want us to care about these characters because these are the ones that we're going to follow and we're going to root for. And so they're giving us a bit more than maybe they gave us in the books. For example, in the book, parent, well, in the books, all four of these characters, uh, Rand, Perrin, Matt, and Egwene, are a bit younger. I feel like they're maybe 15 or 16 years old. In the show, they're about 20. They're, they're 20, 21, 22 years old. Egwene has just gone through her ceremony in which a woman reaches a certain age and she is allowed to braid her hair to show that she is a woman and she then joins the the women's council. And based on some other information in this episode, that would make her about 20 years old. Uh, Perrin Ibarra in the, in the book, he is the apprentice to the blacksmith in town whose name suddenly eludes me. Doesn't matter, that guy and his wife is not 
does not seem to appear in this episode at all. In the show, he he is either the blacksmith or he is married to the blacksmith. First of all, he was not married in the book. He's married here in this show. They've got a child on the way. They don't really clarify if they're both blacksmiths or if she's the blacksmith, but when we first meet Perrin and these others, they're hanging out in Emmons Field in the Wine Spring Inn. It's the day before this yearly celebration called Beltine. And uh, somebody asks Perrin where his wife is, and he goes back to the forge. She's there forging. She's working. So she must... She Well, again, they don't tell us if they're both blacksmiths or she's the blacksmith and he married her. Matt, they have turned into a just a straight-up thief in this show. In the book, he is kind of a trickster. He, uh, like a trickster and a cheat. He's like a, because he's only about 14, 15, 16 years old in the book, he just plays little pranks on the adults in the village. Well, in this episode... The first we meet of Matt Cawthon, he's rolling dice with people in the Wine Spring Inn. He loses all his money. We learn that his family apparently is very poor. His father in the show is a cheat, cheats on his wife, who just straight up hates the man, which you don't get that sense at all in the book. You kind of get the sense that his father is kind of a good man in the book, and that while they're not rich, they're sheep farmers just like Rand and his father, Tam. And they don't really come off as being poor. But in, in the show, they're, they're, they're poor. And with Beltine coming the next day, they have a peddler coming in who's going to sell his wares. And one of the things in the show, they don't really get into this in the book that I recall, but in the show to celebrate Beltine, the night of Beltine, everybody lights a paper lantern in honor of people that have passed. Um, they believe in this whole theory of reincarnation with the wheel of time, uh, how time is a wheel. And when you, when you die, uh, eventually the wheel, the wheel spins back around and brings you back into the world as someone else. And these lanterns, I guess, are kind of a, an, in honor of the people they've lost and to help guide their way back when they're when they're reincarnated. Um, Matt wants to buy some some lanterns. He has two little sisters that are probably about 10 years old, eight, nine, 10 years old, and he wants to buy them lanterns, but he doesn't have any money. And so he ends up stealing a bracelet from one of the women he was rolling dice with. And the next morning when the peddler comes into town, Pad and Fane, he gives, you know, he trades the the bracelet with Pad and Fane, who asks, am I going to be able to sell this in this village? To which the answer is, of course, no. And Pad and Fane gives him, I think, one or two lanterns. I'm not, I don't actually quite remember at this point. But then it's a little bit later in the day when he's hanging out with, uh, Pan, with uh, good, I, I just keep mixing their names up, with uh, Perrin and, and Rand. And Perrin tells Matt that he and he and Rand chipped in together and they give him some coin to buy lanterns for Matt's two sisters. So you 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 pretty much learn right away that these three boys are the best of friends. You also learn that Rand uh is, Rand and Egwene are very much uh, uh an item. In fact, there's a moment in the freaking show where after the 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 night before Beltine, everybody's in the wine spring in and they're all drinking and blah, blah, blah. And as they're cleaning up at the end of the night, 
Egwene's parents, they own the Wine Spring Inn. And so she's there with her parents and Rand is there with his dad, Tam, and they're all cleaning up. And at one point, I, I believe it's even Egwene's mom that's like, let's give these, let's, uh, or no, it's Nynaeve. Nynaeve is there too. And she goes, she basically says, uh, would you two, Rand and Egwene, would you just go ahead and take care of the dishes? And she's like, wink, wink, hint, hint to the other adults. And they're all like, oh yeah, let's leave them alone. And then they hang out and while they don't show it, it's not graphic. It's not a, I think it's a 16 plus is the rating. So there's no real cursing or uh, nudity in it. Uh, there was quite a bit of blood and gore, but the the two of them basically have freaking sex right there in the common room of the freaking wine spring in, which is something they, as far as I have gotten in the book, have never done in the book. But then she tells him afterwards that Nynaeve has asked her to be Nynaeve's apprentice. Nynaeve is the wisdom of the village. The wisdom is kind of like a healer. They say in this, in this uh, description that she's, um, that the wisdom is a village leader and healer. And to an extent, that's right. She's kind of, she, the, the wisdom would lead the women's council. There's also a, a council of men that they didn't get into in this uh, episode, but the, the one thing, and I'm bouncing all over the place, I have to apologize, but the one thing they really focus on in this episode is the strength of, of the women in this, in this world, in this universe. The, the women are uh, magic users. They uh, run the village. They, you know, the, the Nynaeve is this wisdom who she mentions a couple times in the episode that one of her jobs is to protect the village. And it's, it's very obvious based on this first episode that uh, women are held up to, you know, they're, they're, they're quite important. They're not um, looked at as the weaker or fairer sex or whatever you want to say. They are, they are, uh, they're front and center in this show. And I think that's pretty cool. And I feel like Robert Jordan did a pretty good job of that as well in the books. So they're, they're just, they're taking what he had started in the books. Um, but Nynaeve is a wisdom and she asks Egwene to be her apprentice because she thinks that Egwene can listen to the wind as they put it the same way as Nynaeve can. And Egwene is telling Rand this and right away Rand is worried because to be a wisdom means that you uh, do not get married you, uh, you're, you're basically, you live a life of loneliness and he doesn't really want her to do that. And so he leaves, you know, like a big baby. Well, well, you know, that's what you're going to do. I guess I'm going to leave. He doesn't say that, but that's kind of what, what he does. You know, he's like, well, I guess I don't get what I want. So I'm freaking leaving. And so he just gets up and leaves. Um, the scene where Moraine and Lan come to the village is really cool. They just show up at the at the wine spring inn. They really in this episode, it's it's really quite neat how they do it because I read that uh, they were going to try and um, compact some of the story to make this show. And the book series is in essence, it's fourteen volumes plus a a prequel book. So in S there's 15 books to the series, but there's only going to be about eight to nine seasons to the show. So they're trying to compress the story to a certain extent. And they really don't beat around the bush in this first episode. They tell you everything you need to know right from the get go. The, the, the moment the episode starts, 
we get some narration from from uh, Moraine, who basically tells us that there's this thing called the one power that both men and women used to be able to use, and the power for the men became corrupted. And uh, one of these male Aes Sedai, Luz Theron Telamon, who was known as the dragon, uh, tore the world apart uh, in his madness. Um, there was a war with the Dark One. I think I'm trying to remember the way she puts it. It's like men thought that they could, it's like men in their arrogance thought that they could use their power to bury evil or something like that. Cause, cause they trapped the dark one in this prison and the, the one power becomes corrupt for men because there's two sides of the one power, Sidene and Sidar. They haven't gotten into that at all yet in the show. But the men's half of it is is corrupted at this point. And only women can channel the one power successfully without going insane. And so there is a, uh, uh, a chapter within the Aes Sedai that are, are, are each, each uh, they're called Ajahs, uh, little groups within the Aes Sedai. They're all color-coded. Moraine is of the blue Aja. There's also the red Aja. And their job, the red Aja, is to hunt down men who can channel and to cut them off from the true source. And we get that, again, right away in the beginning. So we get Moraine's narration about what happened before, okay? There was the men who could channel went mad. They broke the freaking world. Uh, one of them was this dude called Luz Theron Telamon. He was the dragon. Uh, it's prophesized that the dragon will be reborn, uh, reincarnated into this world, and she, it's her job to find out who that's going to be and protect him. Or her. She doesn't know if it's a man or a woman. In the book, it was very much, it's one of you three boys. In the show, it's it's one of you three boys or it could be Egwene. It's one of you four, basically. So that's another change that they made. None of these changes bother me. I'll tell you that right now. I'll say that right from the beginning. The moment they, they announced that Perrin was uh, married with a child, the only reason that bothered me is because I knew that that wife and child will be dead before the episode was over. And uh, spoilers, <laughs> they were. So straight from the get-go, again, Moraine spells it all out for us. What, it, what her and her warder, Lan, are looking for. From there, we get a group of red Aes Sedai hunting down a man who can channel. We don't, if you hadn't read the books, you may not quite understand what is going on, but it just so happens that standing on a cliff uh, as the the ice the red ice and I catch up to this guy and gentle him, uh, cut cut him off from the true source. Up on this cliff, uh, Moraine and Lan are watching, and Lan's like, "Well, Moraine, right away, she's like, he's not the one." And Lan says, "Well, how do you know? He can he can wield the power." And she says, "He's not the one." We're and then he's like, "All right, well, where to next?" And she goes, "The two rivers," and that's when they they go into Emmons Field. Now. Of our four main characters, Rand, Perrin, Matt, and Egwene, uh, Rand is the only one that doesn't live in the village. He lives up on the mountain with his father, or, or up the mountain a bit where they uh, raise sheep. They're, they're sheep herders. And so the, the morning of Beltine, they go back home, and then it's as the evening is setting in and everybody is lighting their lanterns, and Rand and, and, and Tam hang theirs up on a, on a thing outside their, their, their house, Everybody else is lighting the lanterns and lanterns and putting them in the river. This is when the Trollocs attack. And the Trollocs are like just freaking beasts. They're just freaking evil looking, horned, freaking crazy monster 
soldier things. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. They have some of them have like the faces of wolves and some have the faces of pigs and they all have these big horns and these big teeth and they're furry and they they're just you know, it, it's it's the in the book, they're all like just huge. They're just, you know, like nine feet tall. And there were some of those in this in this episode, but some of them were also about just the regular size of people, which was fine with me. They were scary as crap. You saw them eating people after they killed them as they're just slaughtering everybody in this village. And uh, that was just I mean. I said it in the beginning. I was kind of up to that point. I'm kind of watching the show going, all right, this is all right. Okay. There's some big changes made here. Parents now suddenly married and he's got a, he's got a kid on the way. Uh, Egwene and Rand are lovers in the nighttime. Uh, Matt is a freaking thief and his dad is a, is a piece of crap. And, uh, I guess I can roll with this. That's fine. Changes are always made. This is a, this is this is okay. And then that scene happens when the Trollocs attack, and I was, I was hooked. I was sold. Uh, I was won over. Uh, I just, I mean, it was really quite amazing watching this scene that was practically straight from the books. Though the scene of the the Trollocs attacking the village. We don't get that in the books. We get the aftermath. We get when the Trollocs attack Rand's house and Rand escapes. Uh, we get that in the show as well, but it's after Rand makes it back to the village that we see the aftermath of the Trolloc attack. Whereas in the episode, we get to see it and it's brutal. It is brutal and it's scary and it's horrific. And uh, it's during this battle that Perrin's wife and unborn child die. And it was in such a horrific way because uh, Perrin and his wife are in the forge. There's some other people in there with them. They're hiding. Trollocs burst in. They all start fighting. Um, both Perrin and his wife are just are, are just uh, uh, killing them, some Trollocs. And Perrin just goes a little mental. He goes a little berserk. He goes Wolverine berserk style and he is just hacking at this freaking Trolloc over and over and over. He's on top of it. Blood is just going everywhere. And then suddenly something is behind him. He spins and he hits it in the stomach with an axe, with, with the big axe he's holding. And that's when he learns that it's his wife. So he's the one that actually kills his wife. Now, this makes sense based on what we know of Perrin in the books. I'm not going to give anything else away beyond that, but... Something that happens to Perrin later on in the books, basically he, he, he doesn't kill his wife, obviously, because in the books he's not married, but there's something that he ends up doing. He has to kill somebody, a, a human being in self-defense. He's never killed a person before, and it really affects him for the rest of you know the next 10, 12 books that I read after that. And so they, they pretty much set that character trait up for Perrin right away in this first episode. Um, good Lord. What else do I want to talk about here? We got to see Tam fighting with his sword. They don't make a big deal out of the sword in this first episode. It's a heron marked blade. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no more than that for anybody who hasn't read the books, but there's something about that sword. We get to see Tam freaking using it, which we don't really get to see in the book. So that was pretty cool. It was nice to see Tam throwing down. Um, because, well, all right, I'll give this. No, no, I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to talk about a lot of stuff that I know from the books that's going to give anything away 
for future episodes. I'm going to try really hard not to do that because uh, I could easily do that right now. And it's, and it's based on, on Tam, but I'm in, I'm sold. I am just freaking loving this show so far. And uh, I'm ready to go sit down and watch that second episode and then come back and talk about it. But I feel like there, there has to be a couple more things like I can say about this episode before we move on. Um, at one point in the episode, uh, while they're having their 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 uh, their Beltine celebration with the the music and whatnot, and people are dancing, the peddler Padden Fane, he's standing off to the side, he's leaning against a building, and he's watching, and he's he's drinking an ale or something, and he's smiling and kind of getting into the celebration. But then during the attack, we see him again, and he's looking very calm. There's it's like chaos and fire and blood and horror. And he's just standing there and he he just casually dumps his ale out and he just walks away as if this was something he was expecting to happen. Um, good Lord, there was something else I was going to talk about. And oh, I won't mention his name, but there was supposed to be another character during all of this. Those of you who read the books, you know who I'm talking about. Somebody that the village council brought in the day before Beltine. Uh, as part of the Beltine celebrations. And uh, this character leaves the two rivers with Moraine, Land, Perrin, Rand, and Matt, and Egwene, but nowhere to be seen. So now I'm interested to to discover, because I know this character is in the show because he's on the casting list, but uh, ooh, I, ooh, ooh, I spoiled it. It's a he. Anyway, I'm interested to find out how he is introduced into the show. And then another thing, another change from the book is that during the attack, Nynaeve is is taken away by the Trollocs, which is never a good thing. If you're taken away by Trollocs, that means they're, they're taking you somewhere to eat you at some point because that's what Trollocs do. So that didn't happen in the book. Uh, Nynaeve, and, and actually... It's really quite interesting because they just, like I said, they don't beat around the bush, but it's not something that made me feel like they were rushing things because when they all leave the village in the book, it's done during the cover of night. They don't tell anybody. I think Rand leaves a note for his father, but otherwise they sneak off and Nynaeve ends up following them because she's really quite pissed once she finds out that they've all left because it's her job to protect them. And she wants to bring him back. In the show, however, it's like the moment the battle is done and Rand comes into town with his dad, uh, Moraine heals his dad right away. And then Rand <laughs> just starts getting an attitude. Uh, so you've never been in this village before and you show up. And right after you show up, these Trollocs show up. What's up with that, lady? And uh, she just tells him straight to his face. They are after you. One of you four. One of you four is the Dragon Reborn. I don't know which one it is, but you're all leaving with me because now suddenly here's about 300 Trollocs coming down the mountain, coming down the mountain, and they're coming to to kill everybody in this village just to get to one of you four. So if you leave with me, they'll spare your village. Let's go. We got to go to the White Tower uh, where all the other Aes Sedai are so they can protect you. And the four of them are like, oh, all right, let's do it. And the whole village is there. Everybody knows what's going on. They're able to not really say they nod to their family as they're leaving. And, uh, you know, like Egwene's mom and dad are crying. 
and uh, Matt's mom and dad and daughter and sisters, they look sad. But Tam gives Rand a nod like you, you go do your thing, boy. It was it was I really enjoyed it again. They can't drag a lot of this stuff out. So they just put it right out there. It's very much in the spirit of the book. Uh, and um, yeah, it doesn't make me mad at all. I'm not mad at this show at all. I'm freaking in love with it. And frankly, again, I'm going to wrap it up because I want to get back to the get back to the couch and watch episode two. And once I'm done watching episode two, I'll come back here and I'll record a second episode talking about that. How does that sound, folks? You'll get that on Tuesday. I mean, I'll be watching it here in a few minutes, but you're not going to get the episode until Tuesday, which is tomorrow, because this episode came out on Monday. Doesn't that all just wrap together somehow? Not really. Hey, do me a favor. If you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, please go out there and give me a rating. You can. It's, it's just one to five stars. Five being the best, one being the worst. You just, you just give it a tap, tap, bam, reviewed. That helps me out big time. And I would appreciate it if you just go do that real quick. Uh, that's it. That's my episode. I'll join you back here tomorrow. We'll talk about episode two of the Wheel of Time. I can't wait to get over there and start watching it again. Until then, folks, my name is Steven. I am the streaming fool. Because somebody's got to be, right? Ha ha ha! That was dumb.